Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, October 22nd. Never allow yourself, out of hurt feelings, to close your heart's door to anyone. Locking it will only cause you pain. You can no more control how others treat you than you can control the weather. How you behave toward them, however, is yours to control. Rather than let any hurt block your heart, ask yourself, Is there any point in suffering twice? Now here we are again with one of Swami Kriyananda's absolutely wonderful, undoubtedly true, but oh my challenging um, ways of looking at the world. You know, this is, this is where Swamiji just stands at the top of the mountain and invites us to join him there. Whereas most of us are so busy, you know, trying to protect our own tender feelings, our own tender sense of self-worth, our own fear of embarrassment, um, that, you know, we're just running, wrapping circles around ourselves and building walls in all directions. The problem is it doesn't work. It's a very, very short-term solution. When Swamiji was a child, he lived in Romania. This would have been, you know, the early 1930s. And he ended up with a colitis, which... Uh, was it made it difficult for him to digest dairy products, so they took him off of all dairy products. As a result, he had a calcium deficiency. As a result, his teeth were affected, and he had a, a lot of decay. But met, uh, dental care at that time in Romania was not sophisticated. They did not have Novocaine. So he would go in with these teeth that were not in great shape, but they would have to drill without Novocaine, which I, yeah, 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 I can't even think about it. So as a child, he would make a big noise about it as a young person. And then the dentist, after a while, would grow tired of his inflicting the pain. He would stop drilling and he would fill in. But he would fill it in on top of decay. And so in the name of um, being compassionate, he, would just, he just postponed it. And then the decay would spread. And so as a consequence, all through his life, Swami had a lot of trouble with his teeth. Because in the moment... Um, the dentist and the child, you know, took the quick route thinking that would be the way to do it. So what happens to us? We get a blow to the heart, we put a shield on the heart. Somebody's mad at us, somebody, you know, disappoints us, betrays us even, lets us down in ways that are very hurtful to us. I'll show you. And we just put this force field out of how much we dislike them and how terrible they've become. And we tell all our friends and we think about how we've been mistreated. But that other person just lives their life. You know, it's like we can have all the thoughts we want. They're just going to go on. We can't control them. We can't make them be different. And then what are we left with? We're left with bitterness. We're left with anger. We're left with the habit of, of a closed heart. And with the habit of a closed heart, it works, you see, it's a, it's a two-way reality. It makes it harder for us to give because we've, we've 
responded to being hurt by contracting. And, and then we've set up very deep in ourselves, nobody can really be trusted and I better be really careful what I give because the next time you know, I'm going to get hurt. So we've closed our hearts. So even when we want to give love, there's a, we've set up a door. And then when other people want to love us, we've also set up a door. You can actually literally, physically feel it in yourself. I remember when I was, this, this was even in relation to the divine, when I was in a period of seclusion and I was meditating. And often part of the meditation exercises, we offer ourselves into the light. And then I just had this thought, well, maybe I should just receive the light. Maybe I should receive Divine Mother's love. So I made that my meditation. It was extremely interesting to me that I could feel as a physical barrier this uh, vibration inside of me. And I, I wasn't close to God's love, at least I didn't think I was. But I had systematically, and it was really a past life memory, past lives memory, countless times in countless incarnations when people had not behaved in the way I wanted them to behave, I just put a little layer of hardness on my heart. And as a consequence, over time, I created a big hardness on my heart. And behind that was, you know, you should never have done that to me, and I was so disappointed in you, and I got it down to my favorite, somebody owes me an apology. (laughs) I was just living behind this wall of somebody owes me an apology. And it wasn't as if Divine Mother didn't want to give me all the love she had to give. It was that I couldn't take it in because I I had built this wall and I was still holding it. So that wall is not built in a day. That wall is built by an habitual, self-justifying response that says, well, this is what everybody does. What do you expect me to do? This is what I would do anyway. But it it doesn't... uh, it doesn't serve us at all, not even a little bit, to behave that way. So, we have to actually just make this, um, we have to really contemplate this. And this is where I think, you know, intellect, reason, feeling, philosophy, wisdom, all of it has to work together. Um, There are habitual emotional responses that we have but we can resist them with our minds. And even though we're supposed to follow our hearts and we're supposed to have open hearts and the heart has a wisdom that the mind knows knows not, there's, there's also a place for understanding the principles, the metaphysical principles that actually um, operate in life and that actions have consequences. And of course, it's self-evident, if you're listening to me, that this is, this is how I operate. But I don't operate for the sake of the mind. But I found that if I can clarify the concept in my mind and get very clear about what the right principle is and also have a very clear understanding of what the consequences of violating that principle are, often that knowledge um, becomes a very important um, tool for being able to discipline my heart and my feelings in the right directions, in the right direction. So this is how Swami puts it, is there any point in suffering twice? 
And by suffering twice, you actually suffer much more than twice. Uh, Swami also made a very interesting, um, interesting observation that um, when you project a feeling towards someone, eventually they will receive it, even if they only receive it etherically, depending how powerful your thought is, is how strongly it will reach them. But it, it emanates from, from, if it emanates from you, you gather the energy, I gather the energy, either the energy of love, the energy of disappointment, the energy of anger, the, 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 the energy of rejection, you know, condemnation, and, and the, that energy is the strongest at its source. And if its source is me, then that's, I, I get to experience it first. And then I project it outward and maybe someone else is going to get my angry words or get my angry notes or even pick up my angry thoughts. But by the time it's gone all the way out to there, it's hugely dissipated. The real power where it really struck was when it came out of me. So when I condemn and reject, multiple things happen. One was what I was talking about where we start layering our heart, we, lay, we lock ourselves inside ourselves and we, can't, we can neither express nor receive. But the other thing that happens is we begin to vibrate according to whatever it is that we're emanating. And so we become diminished to that extent. And here, here's the other point I was trying to make. When somebody behaves badly and, and instead of having a compassionate understanding of, of the limitations within them that cause them to behave badly. We say, you betrayed me. But actually, the betrayal, the person has betrayed his own potential or her own potential. And their actions seemingly affected you, but they've betrayed themselves far worse than you were. The same thing. The origin point of the betrayal was in themselves. It was they who had an ideal that they could have lived up to and failed to live up to. So the, the suffering is far more on them. You're just collateral damage, in a sense. The real damage is to them. But when you judge them for it, dislike them for it, close yourself off for it, now you've taken that action and you've condemned it. And, and what we condemn, especially what we judge in others, we have to learn to have compassion for. And the way we usually have compassion is that we experience it. You know, I tend to have very good physical health. I see people who have chronic illnesses. You know, I, I can be sympathetic with it, but every time I get sick, even for a little, I think, oh my goodness, this is what they're dealing with all the time. And so whatever impatience or lack of understanding I've had, it may not dissolve, but it certainly diminishes. Or when I see someone give in to a passion or a desire that it might have been better to restrain... And I think, well, they should be able to restrain that. And then the next day, I find myself caught in the same story. I can suddenly realize, ooh, it's not so easy. It's not so easy to get out of that as I thought it was. So then the next time I see it, instead of judging it, I'm compassionate. But if we only judge, then inevitably, because we're only human, we're going to make a mistake too. And if we're really judgmental, we're going to make the same mistake so that we can really see it. And now, we have a, we have, now we're in a double bind because not only have we failed to live up to our aspirations, 
but we have a strong mental habit of condemning and rejecting anyone who behaves this way. So now I have the problem of failing to live up to my aspirations, and then I have the even worse problem of this incredible self-condemnation that comes in, because that's how I always respond to this. So I have a, I have a double problem, and the self-condemnation makes it very, very difficult to overcome the limitation. It becomes a much, the complex that we've put on top of the failure is often much worse and much harder to get out of. Why should I suffer twice? If instead I can just think, well, there it is. I had a very interesting, and from my mind, I was extremely proud of myself, I have to say, experience. Uh, I was part of a, I was caught up in, in the course of Ananda's history, uh, litigation that was an, an effort to prove that Ananda was a morally reprehensible place. It was, you know, just the cult accusation, completely preposterous, but nonetheless, there it was. And because it was so preposterous, we actually did not defend ourselves as well as we should have. And as a result, there was actually a judgment against us. But the person who had perpetrated it was a complete lie, a complete self-justifying fabrication for the sake of revenge uh, against someone she thought had hurt her. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. That's probably not a very politically correct thing for me to say, but sometimes it's true. I have to say it. I'm a woman. I have a right to say it. So anyway, this woman made up this story and managed to, you know, get a, a jury to agree with her or enough members of a jury to agree with her. And when we sat there and heard the verdict, it was... it. My response, I'm so, as I said, I'm so proud of it because oh, all of a sudden the verdict went in favor of her and against Ananda, which we sort of knew could happen. My first response was incredible compassion for the plaintiff who had won the verdict because not only had she lied, not only had she attacked people who were really her friends and tried to help her, not only had she repudiated the source of her own spiritual inspiration, with dishonesty, but oh my gosh, she'd won! Which is to say, how long will it be before she ever extricates herself from this karmic mess? So the fact that we would have to pay all this money and it was going to be a blot on our reputation forever just seemed very unimportant to me compared to fact, the fact that this poor woman who was already swimming in the sewer had just you know div- dove even deeper and was really going to suffer. What would be the point of judging her? That would just set me up to have to go through it. Why would I want to do that? You know, her karma was her problem, not mine. You see, that's how you see it. This is your problem. This is not mine. You've set up karma for yourself. I don't want to participate in it now by creating all this judgment and all this closed-heartedness and all this mean-spiritedness because then your karma becomes mine. Why would I want your karma to be mine? I've already been collateral damage in your acting it out. The way I, I sometimes think of it is, you know, so-and-so participated in my karma, but they didn't cause it. Because it wouldn't have happened to me if it didn't need to. But I don't want to make it worse. I don't want to see this again. And if I, if I respond in a narrow, mean-spirited, judgmental way, then I've just condemned myself to have to go through this again. Why would I want to suffer again? If we can just keep our hearts open compassion, sympathy, God will take care of it. We really don't have to work at it. And if we remain karmically current and neutral, then we're free. And, you know, that's, 
that's the best way to to balance the scale is to just refuse to be sucked in to be to refuse to be sucked down just i will i will hold my own no matter what you do i will stay in 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 my heart of love and bliss you can have your life that doesn't mean you have to go out and participate in their life anymore you may just cut them off and send them away but inside yourself be free swami says never allow yourself out of hurt feelings to close your heart's door to anyone locking it will only cause you pain you can no more control how others treat you than you can control the weather how you behave toward them however is yours to control rather than let any hurt block your heart ask yourself is there any point in suffering twice god bless you my friends Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.